Things an Old Man Knows The Monday Morning Memo for October 29th, 2018 October 19th, 2018 At the annual meeting of some of the most innovative and successful small business owners in America, I was handed a series of questions to answer during the problem-solving session. Most of the questions had to do with recurrent frustrations in business. When I saw the group excitedly taking notes, I was a little surprised. Then it hit me. I'm a lot older than most of these people, so they haven't learned these things yet. If they were glad to hear those solutions, maybe you will be too. Here are a few of the things I told them. 1. Your work doesn't always speak for itself. Explain what you did and why you did it. Talk about a couple of ideas you considered but rejected and explain why you rejected those solutions. Only then will your client understand the thought and planning and effort you put into what you are delivering to them. 2. You have maximum credibility when you put the sale at risk. Agreements established before money changes hands are the agreements that will forever guide the relationship. The time to explain what will not be included is when the sale hasn't yet been made. Clearly and memorably emphasize anything you need your customer to remember in the future. To gloss over a possible disappointment during your presentation or to bury it in the fine print is to deceive your customer and poison their future trust in you. So say the difficult thing up front. Don't wait until later. 3. When your customer rejects the solution you have prepared... Don't argue with them, even when they are clearly wrong. Just do the extra work. Only after they have approved the second solution will you have the credibility to convince them not to use it. To debate with them earlier will only make it look like you're trying to avoid doing the extra work. But don't be surprised if your second solution is every bit as good as your first. When this happens... Just go with the second solution. Remember, it's not about winning. It's about making your customer happy. 4. Never be afraid to charge more than anyone else in your category. And never be afraid to pay the highest price either. The only company that can fund a customer's hoped-for experience is the company with a fat profit margin. The services you get for half price aren't the same services you get for full price. 5. It's harder to get attention in larger cities because there is so much more happening. Ad campaigns take longer to get established in large cities due to the customer distraction caused by marketplace noise. The upside of large cities, however, is that the market potential is so much higher. Businesses in smaller towns often take off quicker only to later face a sharply limited market potential due to the smaller population. 6. Growing a local business from 2 or 3% of the market potential to 20% of the market potential is easier and a lot more fun than lifting it the next 5 points from 20% to 25%. The reason for this is because you will have picked all the low-hanging fruit by the time you are making 20% of all the sales in your category.
In other words, you'll be selling everyone who likes to buy the way you like to sell. Growing the eight points between 25 and 33% of market potential will likely require you to make some changes you have long been reluctant to make. And growing a business beyond 33% of market potential is virtually impossible. The only exception to this is when the category has a shortage of committed competitors. Seven. Here are a few different ways to calculate market potential for any business. Try to do it three different ways and see if the numbers agree. In my experience, they will usually fall within a 10% window of variation. The most reliable numbers are number one, the educated guesses of the sales volumes of each client in the category, and number two, the NAICS totals, which are based on taxation data. One. List every competitor in your category and attach to their name your best guess regarding their sales volume. Total these and be sure to include your own volume. This is your market potential. Two. Extract the total U.S. sales for your category from the NAICS data, N-A-I-C-S, at www.census.gov. Divide this number by the population of the U.S. to get a per capita average. Multiply that average times the population of your trade area. This is your market potential. NAICS data is clunky and hard to isolate, but it's there and it's reliable. Just keep digging. Three. Most trade magazines will publish the annual U.S. volume for the category they cover. Divide this number by the population of the U.S. to get a per capita average. Multiply that average times the population of your trade area. This is your market potential. 4. Ask Google for the national and or state sales per capita in your category. Calculate a per capita average, then multiply that average times the population of your trade area. This is your market potential. Note, the weakness of methods 2 through 4 are the assumption that the population of every city behaves roughly the same as the population of every other city. This is why state data is better than national data. But your local store-by-store -store estimate, which was the technique in category number 1, is probably the most accurate of all. 8. Here's how to determine whether a service category is populated with strong competitors. Compile the total number of Google reviews for the entire category in the trade area. What percentage of that total number of reviews belong to the company with the largest number? If the leader has only 6 to 10%, your category is begging for a leader to step in and bloody everyone's nose. If the leader owns 20 or more percent of all reviews, look to see if the second, third, and fourth place finishers are close behind. If they are, this is going to be a tougher-than-average marketplace in which to compete in that category. If you see a leader that owns more than 30% of all the Google reviews, these people are a force with which to be reckoned. The exception, of course, is if you're in a small town without a full complement of competitors. Note, 
This methodology assumes that a company's percentage of the total reviews for their category will be a reflection of 1. The size of that company's customer base or 2. That the company has a high degree of customer engagement. Either way, these percentages are an indicator of the relative strength and weakness of competitors in that category. Hopefully you'll find some of these tools to be useful. Have a great week. Roy H. Williams. The Lost Boys of Wizard Academy are a society of men and women who gave $15,000 each to help build the House of the Lost Boys, a student mansion that will be built on the campus of Wizard Academy in 2019. Their reward is a high-level continuing education meeting once a year from now on. You should talk to Daniel Whittington about joining. One of the ways to do that is just to email him. And if you go to the online version of the Monday Morning Memo and look to October 29th, 2018 and scroll all the way to the bottom and you'll see Daniel Whittington's name in red. And if you click on that, that'll take you to his email address. Indie Beagle. Oh, one other thing. The original Lost Boys were a bunch of kids that hung out with Peter Pan. Roving reporter Rotebart is on a top-secret mission for Indie Beagle this week, but he'll be back next week with a Monday morning radio episode that will knock your hat in the creek.